Bible to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. And we're going to be looking we're going to be looking at beginning at verse 14. Matthew 17, beginning with verse 14. When you have it, say amen. amen. And it reads, And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. For he is a lunatic and so vexed, and oftentimes he falleth into the fire and off into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. And verily I say unto you, if ye have faith, as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Verse 21 says, How be it this kind, going not out but by prayer? I want to use for a subject matter this morning, mustard seed faith. All right. Mustard seed faith. You know, most of the time, We become Christians and become children of God by what we believe. I'm not going to say most of the time. I'm going to say all of the time. We become a child of God by what we believe. We become Christians by what we believe. Our salvation is built on what we believe. And 
in Hebrews 11 and 6, it said, For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. So our believing is something that is very, very important. For we come to God, we must believe that he is our salvation comes through what we believe. The Bible says that what we believe in our heart, we confess with our mouth and through that salvation Comes to us. So what we believe, as I said, is something that is very, very important. And we can take this Bible from cover to cover, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, and it will tell us about men and women that went through their lives exercising what they believe, exercising their faith. And through that, what they believe, and through the faith that they were exercising, the Bible says also in that same verse, and chapter of scripture, Hebrews 11 and 6, it says, without it, it's impossible to please God. Amen. So faith means I'm taking what I hear and I'm applying it to my life. And as I take this and I apply it to my life, not everything that I hear is going to cause my faith to grow. The Bible said, faith comes by hearing, but hearing by the word of God. Amen. So if, if I'm listening to things that are going to build my faith up, it's going to have to come, as it says in Romans 10 and 17, it's going to have to come through the word of God. So if I'm desiring to get my faith to grow, I've got to continually put myself in a position where I can hear the word of God going forth in my life. Because there's some things that I might be hearing that might sound good. There's some things that I might be hearing that might make me want to shake my head, might make me want to pop my finger, might make me want to stomp my feet, but it's not going to build me up in my faith. So it's only by what we hear according to the word of God that it's going to cause our faith to grow and cause us to go higher in the things of God. And when we look at it from the standpoint of our faith growing because of what we hear, I go back to that commercial for a Wayfair where the guy said, game changer. Because when you start to grow in the knowledge of him, it changes everything about what goes on in your life. So Jesus is talking and he said, faith can move mountains. 
when we look at it from the standpoint of all the things that we heard about faith, it said faith does great things. And faith is something that, that when we stand on it and believe in it, it can move us into great aspects of what God is calling us to do and what God is calling us to want to be. Now, the Bible says that Abraham, who believed God so much that he left everything he loved and everything that he owned because he believed God enough by faith that it was counted under him for righteousness. The Bible said Noah prepared an ark because of God warned him by faith he obeyed and it caused him to save his whole household. The Bible says that Job cared so much about faith that it caused him to, in the midst of everything going wrong, to say, yet though he slay me, I'm going to trust. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, Our God whom we serve is able to bring us out of the fiery furnace, and he shall deliver us out of thy hand, O king. They believed in the protecting faith of God. Amen. I can go on and on and on from Genesis to Revelation to tell you how faith moves God. But when we really look at what this text is saying here, it talks about a faith that is a mustard seed faith. Jesus said in verse 20 of our text, he said, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove. Now, most people get this meaning of what Jesus is saying all wrong. And I'm praying that the revelation of what it really means to have mustard seed faith will be revealed in this text today. Let's, let's look at some background of our text today. The Bible says in verse 14, it says, And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man. Now, when we look at it from what the Bible is saying, it's talking about Jesus, Peter, James, and John. They had just came out the mountain of transfiguration. And the glory of what went on on that mountain, they're coming down, they're all excited, they're all blessed, they're, they're all just feeling awesome about what they just experienced on the mountain. And the Bible says that when, when they dealt with this awesome expression of the image which was 
The Bible says they were sore afraid in verse 6. Meaning that what they had just experienced, it, it just shocked them to the core. They were afraid of what they had just experienced, but they were blessed by what they had just experienced. And then it talks about them coming down and meeting a multitude of people. Now, as I, as I go about explaining this, we're going to be looking at some more texts in Mark and in Luke so you can get a full understanding as to what was going on in this text. The Bible says that, that as Elijah and Moses were standing there and they were so afraid, as they came to the multitude of people, Mark 9 said that it was not only the people, but it was the scribes who were sitting up and they were trying to find any way they could to make it seem like whatever it was that was going down, it was something wrong here. They wanted to, to cause whatever it was that was supposed to be good to come out wrong. It says that they also were questioning the healing of this boy. And the Bible says in our text in verse 14, it says, and when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, we have a father here whose boy is being possessed by a demon. And he's coming to Jesus and he's kneeling before him, worshiping him and, and dealing with him in a way that because he's heard that Jesus is one that is able to heal. Jesus is one that's able to do miracles. And because of the fact that he's able to do miracles, because of the fact that he's able to heal, he comes down and he kneels before Jesus and says, have mercy on my child. And it says here, have mercy on my son. And the father, as he was worshiping him, he said, he began to explain all that his son is going through. And it talks about the, the thing of, of you know what it says in verse 2? 15, it says, have, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's a lunatic, and so that, and oftentimes he falls into the fire, and off into the water. So he's describing what it is that this child is going through. There was fire that goes on in, in, the, in this region, and all over, and the boy would come and just fall into the fire because he had this epileptic disease that was brought on by the demon. And the Bible says that, that when they went to go get water, oftentimes he would go, and at, at any minute, he'd just fall into this epileptic seizure, and he'd fall into the fire, and he'd fall into the water. And, and the father is so hurt and so devastated about the things that he's going through that he's saying to him, have mercy on my son. 
started driving trucks, I used to work in a hospital. And I can understand exactly what they're talking about right here because I've seen a person that goes through an epileptic seizure. In the hospital, they, they put tape around a tongue depressor to try to put it in the mouth so that the person that is, is going through the challenges, they won't swallow their own tongue. I mean, this is a, a, a terrible kind of disease. And the Bible says that this child was sore vexed, which means that he had it in the worst that it could be. Verse 16 says, and I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. The father stated, about him falling into the water, falling into the fire, bringing him to the disciples and they're not being able to do it. He's saying that, that he foams at the mouth. The Bible says that, that he gashes at his teeth. The Bible says that, that this demon even pins him down to the point where he can't even move. And when we look at it from what this demon is trying to do to this boy, it's talking about it's a demon of suicide. It's a demon of murder. It's trying to kill this child. And the father is just wanting mercy for his, his child. When we look at it from what Luke says about it, it says that it's my only child. This was his only son, and he's sitting there watching his son go through what he's going through. And verse 17 says, Then Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. Jesus knew that, that he had given his disciples all the, the knowledge that they needed to cast out this demon from out the boy. And for some reason, they could not cast him out. And Jesus is saying, oh, faithless generation, how long must I be with you? Do we ever get like that with our children when we keep? Telling them over and over and over, don't do this. And they keep going. Why do I have to keep telling you this over and over again? What, what is it going to take for you to listen to what it is that I'm telling you to do? And that's what Jesus was. He was in a spirit of frustration because he could not get them to understand that. That you're able to do this. But because of the fact that you can't, he said, bring him to me. And because of the fact that when he brought him to, to Jesus as he was coming, Luke's gospel said as he was coming, the demon looked at Jesus and immediately he took the boy and threw him down on the ground. 
immediately the boy started convulsing. Started rolling all in the dirt and, and throwing his head on the ground. And Jesus, right at that point, the Bible says that when, when we really look at it according to, to Acts 19, the Bible says that the demons know Jesus. He, it says in Acts 19, he says, Jesus I know. Paul I know. Who are you? Sometimes when we're going through situations in our lives and, and we're believing God for the deliverance, the enemy is saying, who are you? trying to, to deliver yourself from this situation, but who are you? I know Jesus. Mm. But who are you? <laughs> and the Bible says in verse 18 that Jesus rebuked the devil. And the devil departed. And right at that time, it says in that very hour, no more falling on the ground. That very hour, no more foaming at the mouth. That very hour, no more falling in the fire. No more falling in the water. That very hour, no more gashing of teeth. That very hour, no profanity coming out of his mouth. That very hour, Instantly, the boy was clothed in his right mind. So that says to us that Jesus can instantly change whatever situation that you're going through. Jesus can change instantly. He can heal. Jesus instantly can deliver. Jesus instantly can bless your life. Jesus instantly can touch you. Instantly. No hesitation. No, it will come tomorrow. Jesus can do it instantly, right now, in this very hour. So whatever it is that you're going through in this life, and it's a challenge in your life, Jesus can change it instantly. Verse 19 says that the disciples came to him. It says, then came the disciples to Jesus and had this word, it says, apart. And said, why could not we cast him out? Now that word apart, when you really look at it, they didn't do it while they was in the midst of Jesus rebuking the devil out of them. They waited until they got all the way to the house and quietly with Jesus alone, and they said, why couldn't we cast out the demon? And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. But you know, when I look at this, I have to look at it from a whole different perspective, because hold your finger right there and turn with me to Matthew 
chapter 10.
And he said in verse 20, he said, because of your unbelief. Now, when we look at this and, you, and I was studying it, 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 it brought me to a place of, of your unbelief goes into a point of what Jesus said to them a whole lot of times. He said, little faith. Oh, ye of little faith. You, you remember when he said the clothes of the grass and the field, the birds have, I mean, how that verse go? He said that I feed the birds of the air. During this time, it is Matthew 6 and 30. He, he was saying this, and the problem with what the disciples was going through was it, it's not the fact that the clothes that I have on or what it is that I'm going to eat. It's about what do I have in my hand right because that's what little faith is. It's not believing what God can do when you don't have it. It's believing what God can do when it's in my hands and I can feel it and I can touch it. You remember when he said, oh, ye of little faith, when he said, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but I have no place to, to lay my head. They had a problem about making sure that they had a place to, to lay down the roof over their head. And because it was the fact that Jesus was saying to them that you might not have a place to lay your head, they had a problem with the fact of I, I might have to lay down and, 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 and I don't know where that is. Because they're so used to having it tangible to them. You remember where he said, oh, ye a little faith, in Matthew 14 and 31, where Peter was walking on the water and the storm came. And because of the storm, he took his eyes off of Jesus and, and fell into the water. And Jesus told him, oh, ye a little faith. See, when the storms of life come upon us, and we don't know which way to go and how to go about how we're supposed to go about it, then, then we don't have the kind of faith that must defeat faith. We have, oh, ye of little faith. And then in Matthew 16 and 8, they were going about to feed a group of people, and because the fact that they didn't have the amount of food that they thought that they needed for to feed the people, they were worried about where are we going to get the food from? How are we going to feed all these people? And, and because the food was not there and tangible for them to have in their hand, they operated in little faith. How many times do we go into that place where we're in little faith because of what we need from God is not tangible in our hands that we can feel it, where we can touch it, where we can go to the store and buy it, where we can come to the closet and pick it out, but we don't know where it's coming from and we're operating in little faith. How am I supposed to get past this? These four instances where Jesus said to them, Oh, ye of little faith. Jesus was right there with them. And whenever they were in that situation, he just walked right over, fixed the problem, 
He'll defeat your waking. And they will find. Here in our text, the Bible says that Jesus was on the mountain with Peter, James, and John. The nine were down there, and when they got to this point where they could not hear the feel the child, Jesus was nowhere around the help. So they were saying, that's why they were saying, maybe it wasn't for him to do. Maybe it's not that time. But he was giving them a sample of how things were going to be once he went to the cross. Once he was not there anymore to be able to handle what the situation was. And that's the same thing that he's saying to you and me. There's going to be a time when, when we're going to have to stand on faith and believe. It's going to seem like he's not even here. I'm asking, but he's not even here. But it is a teaching tool for us. Because he's trying to bring us from the point of having little faith into a place of having great faith. So in verse 20, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, and he was saying this in a very stern way. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed. The first thing I'm saying to you, and you probably ask me, okay, you saying I got middle faith. Now you're telling me if I got faith as a grain of mustard seed, which is a very little, very little seed. And it's little. Say there's a little seed, I can move mountains with this little bitty faith like the mustard seed. See, that, that's where the understanding of what the mustard seed principle is all about. The mustard seed principle is not about how small it is. The mustard seed principle, when we look at it from what it says, Mark 13 and 31, it says that the mustard seed is a seed that grows. And our faith might start off small, but it's got to be the kind of faith that grows. It's got to be the kind of faith that keeps growing. Because the, the, the thing here that said that it can move mountains is not the fact that we sitting up looking at a mountain and it's moving. It's figuratively. It means that the mountain is the difficulties that you might be facing. The difficulties that I'm facing might seem like it's just a mountain, but God is able to move that difficulty out of your way. So that's, that's what it means to have mustard seed faith. Because see, if the disciples had mustard seed faith, the Bible talks about how we ought to be able to ask, seek, 
not. Ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. That means that in our prayer life, that's what mustard seed faith is. That's what causes us to grow. We're praying through the situation. See, the, the disciples were sitting there, and once they look at it and say, well, it looks like ain't nothing going to happen, they stop praying for the situation. But if you're going to have mustard seed faith, you're going to have that type of faith that says that no matter how I got to go through this, I'm going to keep on seeking. I'm going to keep on asking. I'm going to keep on knocking until that door is open under me. Because I'm, I'm seeking God for myself to be able to move this situation out of my way. And if it means I've got to keep praying, then I'm going to keep praying. If it means I'm going to keep asking, I'm going to keep asking. But I'm going to pray this situation through. The William brother got a song that says, keep on praying. Till your prayer go through. Oh, yeah. You got to keep on praying the situation yeah. out of the way. Yeah. Mustard seed faith is not moving mountains, it's moving difficulties out of your way. Oh, yeah. By you persistent in prayer. Amen. Amen. And as long as you make yourself in that kind of manner of being persistent, the Bible says that we become stronger when we get to the point of understanding what the Bible says in James 5 and 6. It says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Effectual, that means that I'm going to keep on doing it. Fervent, I'm going to keep on doing it over and over and over and over again. I'm going to seek the Lord in this situation. Until the answer comes. That must exceed faith. So I say this in closing. Keep praying. Church, keep praying. You got situations that's going on in this world in your family, in your house, on your job, that needs to be lifted up to God, and it needs to continuously be praying. Continuously be lifted up. Keep praying. Keep believing. And by all means, don't give up. 